The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, I'm excited to be diving into our uh, 23rd Psalm message and series here today. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to all of the moms and one more time say Happy Mother's Day. Can we give them all a big hand? We love you. We appreciate you so very, very much. Reminds me of a few funny things I've read recently. A young boy was asking his dad, he said, Dad, what's a man? And uh, the dad said, you know, a man is someone who's responsible and cares for his family. The little boy thought for a moment. He said, you know, one day when I grow up, I want to be a man just like mom. (laughs) You know, moms are definitely, definitely number one. I I know that moms sometimes get stressed out. Any moms want to admit that? Ever get stressed out once in a while? Maybe just a little teeny bit? You know, one mom was known to saying at kind of a low moment. She scolded her son. She said, get down from that tree. If you fall down one more time and break both legs, don't you dare come running to me. Compassion, compassion of a mom right there. Now, I learned something that I had never really studied before, but uh, somebody said the reason, be- because, uh, the reason why Mother's Day is before Father's Day is so that all the kids can spend all the money they got at Christmas on moms at Mother's Day. Isn't that beautiful? I, I never knew that. I, now I know why dads are last, always last. Uh, moms are also scientists. This is really profound. You know, one mom was trying to get her daughter to eat carrots, And she said, you know, you got to eat your carrots. You're going to see a whole lot better. And her daughter kind of sarcastically said, how do you know that? That's that's not right. And the mom said, have you ever seen a rabbit wearing glasses? There you go. Moms are scientists. I love these one-liners from a few poems about moms. My mother, my friend so dear, throughout my life you're always near. A tender smile to guide my way. You're the sunshine to light my day. Of all the special joys in life, the big ones and the small, a mother's love and tenderness is the greatest of them all. Every day I thank the Lord, oh yes, I really do, for giving me a mother as sweet and kind as you. There's something profound and special about moms. You know, different than dads. You know, moms have a special place, a special bond, a special rapport, a special connection with their kids. I've been blessed to have an incredibly wonderful mom who's in church today and will be able to spend time with her this afternoon. I've seen the way my boys interact with my wife and how Lisa's such an incredible mother. Just a very special bond and connection 
that moms have. And I see the great mom that my daughter-in-law, Rachel, is to our two grandchildren. It's just really, really special. And moms, we'd be remiss if we just didn't say thank you for the special part you play in raising our families, developing our homes, and doing all the things that you do. And we're just so, so grateful for you. And I mean that on behalf of really everybody that's here. It's fitting that on Mother's Day we start a series on the 23rd Psalm because if there was a psalm that was written for moms, this would be the one. And over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to be walking through the 23rd Psalm. People know the 23rd Psalm who don't know anything about the Bible. Uh, They can say some of the words. They remember it when they hear it. It's really one of the most well-known scriptures of all the Bible. Maybe that in the Lord's Prayer. Maybe there'd be a third one. But the 23rd Psalm is just so, so special and so profound. Think about it for a moment. It's poetic. It's pristine. It's precise. It's profound. It's deeply personal. And it's permanent. It's forever and ever and ever. Today I want us to look at the very first phrase in verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. And as we get rolling here, I want you to think about those four key words, Lord is my shepherd. You know, the word Lord is one of the names for God. There are many in the Old Testament, and you see a listing of some of them on the screen. But uh, many of them here over and over again, like El Shaddai, it means almighty, appears seven times. El Elyon, the most high God, 28 times. Adonai, Lord, Master, that appears 434 times. Elohim, Creator God, 2,000 times. And then Yahweh, the name used here, appears over 6,500 times. God is my shepherd. David compares God to his own profession, which I think is pretty profound, because he knows what it means to be a good shepherd. Lord. The second word is is. Not was or will be, but is. Now, I am. I am that I am. The Lord is your shepherd right now, moms. And he's all of our shepherd, if we but allow him to be. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows you. He celebrates you. And then the word that we often overlook is the word my. He's my shepherd. Can you say today that the Lord is my shepherd? Have you given your life to Christ and received saving faith through grace in Christ? Have you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior? Can you say the Lord is my shepherd? Just walk through that psalm and personalize every every personal pronoun. Emphasize every personal pronoun. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is nothing more personal and profound and meaningful than to know that the creator God of the universe knows you, cares you, cares for you, loves you, knows everything about you. The Lord is my, and then the last word, shepherd. And that's the word I want us to focus on for the final minutes that we have together. What does it mean to you to know that Jesus is your good shepherd? 
I want to suggest at least three things. First of all, he knows you. Look at John chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Think about that for a moment. You know, in, in uh, ancient times, you know, sheepfolds were built, and uh, sometimes with rock or other materials, and the sheep were brought in at night, and they would be protected. There would be a gatekeeper and, uh, you know, not allow any predators coming in, and the sheep wouldn't be allowed to escape. And then maybe the next morning early, the shepherd would come in, and the, the gatekeeper would recognize him. He'd swing the gate open, and the shepherd would start calling the sheep by name. He knew them by name. And they would then recognize his voice, follow his lead, and make their way out of the pen where they would go then to graze on green grass and find still water. It's a beautiful, powerful image of a good ancient shepherd that we can apply to the good shepherd Jesus who calls you and me by name. He knows us. He knows everything about us. You know, ancient shepherds, as you've probably read, were hardly the romanticized figures that we read about in children's books or think about at the Christmas story. They were, you know, the lowest of the low. They were the outcasts of society. They were the bottom of the ancient food chain. Nobody aspired to be a shepherd when they grew up. In fact, the youngest son in the family, who was rather indistinguished, was the one that got to be the shepherd. It was long. It was dirty. Uh, it was difficult. And it wasn't anything anybody aspired to be. And yet we read over and over again that Jesus is likened to a good shepherd. A regular shepherd or a hireling compared to the good shepherd. Now that's something different. A hireling wouldn't protect the sheep. He'd run from danger. The good shepherd would run into danger and protect the flock, driving out predators. It's quite a difference. I want to share just three encouragements for moms on Mother's Day. Moms, he knows you. He cares about you, and he loves you deeply. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears, your worries, your cares, your concerns, your desires. You may be here today, Mom, and you may feel brokenhearted because of a relationship with one of your kids. You may be here, Mom, and feel brokenhearted because of schism between you and your husband. You may be here, Mom, and you may feel a bit disenfranchised or disrespected or discouraged for one reason or another. I want you to know there is a good shepherd, his name is Jesus, that knows everything about you. And he loves you, he cares about you, he wants to comfort you. He wants to heal you. He cares about every detail. Your education, your vocation, your past, your present, your future. He cares about your children. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your finances. He cares about every detail of your life. Your wishes, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. Maybe nobody knows and nobody cares and nobody thinks it's possible for you to aspire to certain things, but it's a dream that you have. Jesus knows and Jesus cares. It matters to him because you matter to him. He loves you deeply. 
The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. The story in the Bible that we see appearing a few times about the good shepherd leaving the 99 and going to rescue the one is a beautiful image of Christ's love and concern for you and me. The 99 that are safe in the fold is great. He's excited and happy about that, but it's the one who's lost that he's on a mission to find, discover, and rescue. He loves you that much. He cares about you that much. I love what it says here in Revelation 7, 17. It says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. He knows you. He knows your disappointments. He knows your victories. He knows your defeats. He knows your hopes. He knows your dreams. He knows you. And he loves you. I was thinking about this very thing and uh, found myself kind of reliving little pieces of our Holy Land trip that uh, we just returned to a couple weeks ago, returned from a couple weeks ago. And one of the real highlights was baptizing 21 people in the Jordan River. That was really, really fun. 19 from our church, uh, some first-time baptisms, wanting to get baptized in the Jordan where Jesus was baptized and John the Baptist baptized a lot, a lot of people. But there were two people that uh, I wasn't planning on baptizing, and this was a couple from Zimbabwe, a, a young pastor, and he brought his sister, and uh, they kind of just came up and, uh, and I mentioned to you know, our group, and then eventually the word got to me that uh, uh, wondered if I would baptize him. And I said, well, of course, I'd be more than happy to. And he began to tell the story. He said, you know, I prayed that as we came to the Jordan River, uh, God told me that I'd find a, uh, a spiritual man who would baptize me. And so I was looking around, who's that spiritual man? And, uh, and uh, you know, we smiled. And I said, it'd be one of the great honors of my life. And so this young pastor from Zimbabwe and uh, his sister were baptized. And it was really a special treat for all of us. But, you know, the 19 from our church family, that was special too, and maybe even more special because, you know, I, I know them, I know their story. And the tears that flowed and the expression of faith that were shared and the love for Jesus that people exuded, you know, all in their own way, but all very profoundly, was just, you know, heartwarming and, and hard to contain the joy of it all tears and expressions of celebration of what Jesus means. And it just reminds me that Jesus knows us, but there's another part of the equation. We need to come halfway and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to give my life to you. And maybe, moms, on this Mother's Day, you're here and you have not committed your life to Jesus Christ, there is no greater day in the world than today, this Mother's Day, to say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me my sins, I want to follow you. I want to know you personally as you know me. I want you to be my good shepherd. And I invite you just to pray in your heart of hearts a simple prayer. Come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I want to follow you. Help me, Lord, understand what that means and Put the Bible into practice and step it out day by day. He knows you. He wants you to know him. Acknowledge Jesus as your good shepherd. 
Believe in him as your savior. Celebrate him as your Christ. The second thing that we can know about the good shepherd is that he will lead us. He not only knows us, but he will lead us. You know, one of the fun things of uh, traveling to the Bible lands is on several occasions we saw shepherds out there with their flocks right there on the Judean wilderness hillside. (laughs) And I took particular note because I knew we'd be talking about this very uh, psalm here uh, throughout the spring and summer. And I found it just very interested to see the shepherds and, and the sheep doing their thing out there on the hillside. Jesus is our good shepherd. He will lead us. It says here, when he had brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The shepherd leads, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand. Isn't that interesting? The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd knows the sheep and has named them individually. That is a powerful bond. That's devotion and commitment like maybe we haven't considered. You know, ancient sheep and shepherds were uh, a part of the landscape in Bible times. The ancient shepherd would lead and not drive. The sheep, as I mentioned, recognize his voice. If you had a lot of sheep and, and no sons, you would hire someone to take care of your sheep. But as we know, hirelings were not a good substitute for the owner. They were to- notoriously undependable. And when danger came, they were quick to run for the hills, literally. But a good shepherd not a hireling, cared for the flock, cared for the sheep, would lead the sheep up and down the mountains and ravines and hunting and searching for that green grass and that still brook where they would find the water they needed. Moms, let me encourage you from this psalm to know that he will lead you, never drive you. He will give you the wisdom you need and he will give you the guidance and direction that you seek. Maybe you're here today and you need God's leadership. Maybe you're at a crossroad. You need wisdom. You need guidance. Maybe you need real direction. You're just really kind of stuck. Maybe it has to do with a relationship or, or some education or a situation with one of your children or we could go on and on and list many different things, but you know what it is. You need God's guidance. You need God's direction. You need God's wisdom. Anybody ever needed wisdom even once in your life? Let me put three hands up, you know, one leg. You know, we need wisdom. And I just want to remind you, it's not cliche to say that God wants to guide us. God wants to give us wisdom. He wants to lead us. He wants to point us in the right direction. He has our best interest at heart. Can you say amen to that? He has our best interest at heart. He will lead you, not drive you. He will give you the wisdom you need. He will give you guidance and direction. So where are you struggling? Where do you need to know what to do? What are you sensing in your heart, but you're just not quite sure the when or the how or the wherefore? And you need God's wisdom. Give that to him today. Pray, consult, converse with the Lord and say, God, I need you to show me, to guide me. I love this verse in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms 
and carries them close to his heart, he gently leads those that have young. One of the places I saw for the first time, Lisa and I have had the privilege of going to the Holy Land four different times, but one of the places that we saw for the first time really uh, in all of its splendor was the, was the, uh, the Wadi Kilt. This is a vast, barren wasteland uh, in the Judean wilderness. And uh, it's between Jericho and Jerusalem. And as you can see, uh, you know, a wilderness or a forest in the Pacific Northwest looks a lot different. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's trees and foliage, and you can hardly get through, and it's thick, and, and, you know, you're just fighting your way through. Not so much in the Bible lands. I mean, it is barren. It is hot. There is no water. You're trying to get away from the sun. It is very, very different. And shepherds would take their sheep through this kind of land. And we saw it while we were there. And they would take them up and down, you know, the hills and into the ravines, and they would be on the lookout for that green grass. They'd be on the lookout for that cool brook and that still water where their sheep could graze and get the water that they needed. All along, being on the lookout for predators and things that would come along to destroy them. I just think of the leadership that a good shepherd gives to the flock, and I think of the leadership that our good shepherd gives to us. He leads us. He guides us. He points us in the right direction. We can trust him. He knows exactly what we need. You might be here today, and you may have a lot of regrets. You may have pain from the past. You may have fear about the future. You know, moms, you're entitled to have all those. That's called life. That's called real living. Is there anything more important in our life than our kids? I'm not even a mom, and I can say that. There's nothing more important in all the world to us than our kids. And with that comes deep concern. And with that sometimes comes deep fear. But let me remind you today of the most precious, precious news in the Bible Jesus Christ is our good shepherd. He'll lead us through the fog. He'll lead us to where we need to go. He'll help us find our way forward. Thirdly and finally, he'll provide for us and he'll protect us. In John chapter 10 still, now at verse 7, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give them life, life to the full. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks, the flock uh, is scattered, and the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The ancient shepherd was crucial to providing and protecting the flock. The hired hand wasn't in the game to win it. They ran at the first sign of danger, running away from danger instead of running into it. The good shepherd protected the flock from predators like lions and bears and wolves. Remember the story of David. He took his slingshot and he, he slew the lion. He slew the bear. He protected the flock. 
David writes the 23rd Psalm with that image in his mind. The good shepherd will protect us from the predators of life, from the dangers of life, from the difficulties of life. Now, it goes without saying, and we've all read this, sheep are notoriously dumb. They can't protect themselves. They will go crazy and run off cliffs. They need a shepherd, and you and I are likened to sheep. Go figure. But we too need a shepherd. That's the point. We need a shepherd. You can say all day and all night, I don't need a shepherd, but you do. You need a savior. You need someone to rescue you. His name is Jesus, save you from your sin. All of us, every single one of us. You know, moms, let me give you three encouragements. He will provide for you. He will protect you. He will always be present with you. You know, that idea of of provision, I was thinking about this here quite a bit lately, but have you ever studied Genesis through Revelation and just noticed all the passages that deal with the provision of God? How he provides, provides, makes a way where there is no way, provides, 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 over and over again. It's a fantastic study. And I encourage you to consider that sometime when you have time. I mean, just think. Remember Noah? God provided an ark to save him and his family. Remember that story? God provided an ark for Moses. It was a basket of reeds, but it was an ark. God provided an ark for Jonah. How many remember the USS really, really big fish? And God provided an ark in Jesus Christ when we were lost in an ocean of sin. Over and over and over and over again, story after story, emphasizing the provision of God for you and me. As a good shepherd, the ancient shepherd would provide and protect the flock. As a good shepherd, Jesus provides and protects us. You've heard it said and you've read it, and I've certainly alluded to it, that there are 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day of the year, arguably. Jesus says, don't fear. The Bible says, don't fear. Fear not, fear not. Be courageous. Have confidence. Have faith in me. I'm there for you. I'm there for you. How many have ever found it a little hard not to fear? Yeah, all of us. You know, it's one thing to know the Bible. It's one thing to repeat those verses. But, you know, it's easy to get a little bit anxious. It's a little bit hard to never, never worry. I mean, human nature kind of comes into play at different times. And a lot of times it happens with regard to our children. Fear not, fear not. Yeah, I've read those verses. I've read those verses. But right now I reserve the right to be afraid for a little while. And yet, the Bible reminds us over and over again that Jesus, the good shepherd, wants to provide for us, but also protect us. And so we go to him and we say, Lord, I need your protection. Lord, I need your safety. Lord, I need your provision. Lord, I need your help in this area or another area. He will also be with us present at all times. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Psalm 103 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. In the Judean wilderness where the shepherds take care of the sheep, there is a place 
called En Gedi. It's a beautiful oasis out in the middle of the desert. And what's significant about this place, and I want to close with this story, is in 1 Samuel chapter 24, we read about how David is on the run from King Saul. King Saul is jealous. He wants to kill David because David is going to take his throne, he surmises, and he wants to take him out of the equation. And so David is on the run. And he makes his way to En Gedi, where there's a beautiful oasis in the middle of the desert. So there's water, and they're able to hide in the cave. Well, what I didn't really ever appreciate about that story is that there are hundreds of caves around there. There are caves everywhere you look. But the cave that David was hiding in just so happened to be the same cave that Saul went into to rest. Imagine that. And David's men said, what good fortune. David, it's your opportunity to kill him. Take out your enemy. Take out the competition. What did David said? I will not lift my hand against God's anointed. What he did do, though, is he crept up in the night. He cut off the lower part of Saul's cloak. And then later he re- regretted even doing that. But the next day, they were in kind of a shouting match. You know, one, one uh, you know, mountain across the ravine to the other, if you, if you want to call those mountains. And they were yelling back and forth, back and forth. And David said, I could have killed you, but I would not lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. Saul didn't believe him, and David waved the part of his garment, and he looked down and saw it. And for that moment, for a little while, Saul relented and went on his way and let David go on his way. But David was constantly on the run. He was bound by anxiety, and worry and fear was something that he lived with every day. And it's in Psalm 57, and I want to read this final psalm here as we wrap up our service here today that he really kind of speaks a very transparent, authentic message about really where he was. Always on the run, always being pursued. Life was really hard. And he needed God to provide and protect him. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until this disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. He says, this is really, really hard. I am in an inch of death every single day. Then he says, God, you are providing for me and you are protecting me. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path. They have fallen into themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the people. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. David penned the 23rd Psalm. And David was a recipient of the message of the 23rd Psalm. He understood what it meant to be provided for and what it meant to be protected. 
Would you join me as we bow our hearts and heads in prayer? I want to ask all over the place here to say, you know, Pastor Rob, I'm going through a really hard season right now. Like, remember me in your closing prayer. Maybe your heart is even broken. Experiencing and for whatever reason. And you need special prayer. You need every head out, every eye closed, everybody just praying quietly, contemplating. Would you just, Mom, raise your hand all over this place. Just lift your hand and hold it high. I need God's help. I need God's special provision. God bless you. God bless you. How many others? You're not a mom here today, but you would echo the same thing. I am going through a really tough season right now. I may not be on the run for my life like David, but I, I need God's help. I need his provision. Would you just lift your hand, hold it high. Dads, young people, you're not a mom necessarily, but, but you feel that same feeling. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Lord, you see these hands. You know the needs here on this Mother's Day. God, I pray that you, the good shepherd, would comfort each and every one, that you would wrap your arms of love around each and every person. Lord, that you'll remind us that you know us by name. You will lead us in the right direction. You will protect and provide for us as needed. Lord, we need you. We need your comfort. We need your strength. We need your help. Friend, if you're here today and you have not committed your life to Christ, or maybe you have in the past, but today you know you need to recommit your life. Would you just pray this prayer in your heart? Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. You know me, but I want to know you and have a personal relationship with you. And if you pray that prayer, would you so kindly tell me about it? Fill out that connection card that's in front of you right there in the seat back or, or online. You can do it on our app or those watching online. You can do it right there in front of you as well. I pray, God, your blessing on every person here today. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me all over this place. Our tradition service and online service will conclude the service as they always do. But here I want to invite our prayer team to come forward. We're going to sing a closing song and then we're going to be dismissed. If you'd like special prayer, maybe you'd like to stand in for someone. Maybe you'd like to stand in for your mom. Maybe as a mom, you'd like special prayer. We invite you to come as we close with this song. God bless you.